0: welcome to as you were a podcast about alkaline trio where every week we talk about one alkaline trio song and this week it's heaven by the psychedelic furs as performed by the alkaline trio Why are you singing Lucretia, My Reflection? Oh, no, I am singing one of the fucking greatest songs that's ever been written in the history of time. My word, David Anthony. Hello, Tim. Crisp. Crisp. Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. David Anthony is his name. My name is is Tim, and we would like to thank you all for joining us for episode number 101 of our podcast about it's Alkaline Trio. a new day. Trio, as you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio. Brand new day here, Sting. He, ah! <clears throat> I have to tell you, I am so freaking excited. You're showing it, to, why are you so excited? So I, I, first of all, I'm gonna lay this down. We have well, we have lovely patrons over on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash as you were, who have the opportunity to vote on the songs that we talk about on the podcast. And look, I'll I'll admit, I'll admit right here, um, maybe a couple times uh, I've put a poll up, mm-hmm. and I have. Maybe I've put in the songs that I hope get voted for. Sure. So that we could talk about them. Um, and that's. I'll admit that's wrong. That's wrong of me to do. Is it? Um, well, I feel like it's just like. It's a little Weasley. Polly Shore, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, Mr. Weasley is my favorite Harry Potter character, other than Hagrid. Um, but. I've tried so many times to get this song to come up. Really? Yeah. Huh. Nobody ever votes for it except for Jim Guys. <laughs> Love you, Jim. You get it. But this is like top 20 songs ever written for me. Heaven. This is a song by The Psychedelic First. So this is this is a song that's like. It's a little bit of a Louie Louie. This is a song that. A lot of people have covered, mm-hmm. and that's where I start with it is face to face record called Standards and Practices. Okay, I love to take pot shots at face to face. I know this, um, and that is because their only good record is the covers record. <laughs> Interesting. So, how did you get the covers record if you were not? This was a time that, um, my dad was my dad my dad puts something to write home about by the Get Up Kids in his top ten favorite records of all time. And that discovery for him was just I mean, he essentially discovered Vagrant at that time and Sure. Just with I mean just with the way that he's always operated with record buying and something that I'm very fortunate to have grown up with, he likes this band on this label that he's never heard of, he's checking out the other things. Mm -hmm. And I think that Standards and Practices was the one face-to-face record that was out around that time. I think Reactionary came out around that time too. Yeah. So we had a copy of those two, um, and Standards and Practices, it's it's just covers. So this is actually, that record is the first time I heard This song, it was the first time I'd heard Chesterfield King. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Even though I'd heard 24-Hour Revenge Therapy, I hadn't heard Bivouac yet. So like pretty much every example that comes up on the standards and practices is, uh, oh, what's that song by that band? What record is that on? Sure. Let me go there. So I found the original version of heaven uh on it's from the 4th record mirror moves uh which is in my opinion the first psychedelic furs record that dips and Interesting. It's not a hard dip the first 3 are fucking so top notch um with the the one before it is uh forever now which has loved my way. Mm. Um, but if anybody's like interested in checking out Psychedelic Furs, all of this and nothing is a great comp. It's 14 songs. Um, I got it on an LP. It was one of the first records I ever bought. Really? Yeah. Um, thank you for humoring me. 14 songs. Um, and I bought it at a thrift store along with a copy of Pretty in Pink on vinyl. Um, clear tie-in yeah totally psychedelic furs were so heavily in on the john hughes game and that song like most specifically but pretty much any like john hughes movies from the 80s you're gonna watch you'll probably hear a psychedelic furs track anyway um everybody should check out that comp if you're feeling more adventurous i just start with lp1 Mm -hmm. and move forward um anybody that likes the smiths the cure i don't think that psychedelic furs are more than like a half step below that like top tier of of that type of shit Mm -hmm. but also like mirror moves has some like really good dancey stuff that's like kind of weird at first but uh anybody that's into talking heads new order like this is a band that you could really really get a lot of great shit out of oh for sure um, the version of Heaven is is obviously very 80s um, such an incredible song uh, vocal performance is so so tender um, and then I remember purchasing Another Year on the Streets volume 3 mm-hmm. and we got this cover from the Alkaline Trio which is an absolutely perfect cover of this song. I would agree um it's- <laughs> Before we get into the reasons why it's perfect, sure, in every single conceivable way. Uh huh. You want to check out another year on the streets, volume three? Yes, let's do that. Because uh-huh. I don't remember what is on that. It's a pretty, pretty nice little insight into vagrant. At let me let me just confirm here, but I believe that this is in between Good Morning and Crimson. Hmm. Man, I, I actually don't know when it came out. Um I, I feel like it was two thousand and four. Be... Okay, yeah. You're right. Um this is like kinda it's kind of cool um the first two another year on the streets have similar covers. Mm-hmm. And this one has uh, a boxer. Oh on the front. Yeah. yeah, it's it's got a little bit more of like a bold look. Because the first one was like that blue Kind yeah, Like mm-hmm. wall cover,
1: and the next one was red, I think, well, or vice it, versa.
0: It's actually, it's like, it's a lighter blue, and then it's a darker blue. Okay, yeah. Um, but to me, this seems like, the cover of this seems pretty influenced by, like, the Atticus comp.
1: Oh, um, sure, yeah. Um, I was thinking about that as I was coming over here today, which is unrelated to all of this, but we'll get into that at another point. What?
0: Atticus Atticus oh, I thought you were... Saying that the uh, like you're gonna tell a story about coming over here.
1: No, well, I, I was riding my bike over here. I was thinking about this addiction because we were gonna talk about a song from it, and we did, and we did. We didn't like it, and I was thinking about. I was like, man, it's. I I was thinking about it. I was like, they have some pretty bad album covers, and that might be near the bottom, if only because it's was already an album cover that existed by another band, mm-hmm. and like. What? Like, and I think the reason I connect that to the Atticus comp is I believe those two bands were on that comp together. Mm-hmm. So it's even stranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Makes a lot
0: of sense. But anyway, I digress. Another Year on the Streets 3. First song. I mean, we've spoken about the fact that it was such a move to put Jake Don Green Beers as the first song on that Atticus mm-hmm. comp. So let me ask you vagrant records 2004 the light is shining onto this label who are they saying here's who you gotta hear first was it paul westerberg no it was down to earth approach i don't even know who that is i don't even know who that is is the answer to that wow okay fair enough um inhabit by hot rod circuit hot rod circuit to me is uh the band that never really fit in with the bands that they played with totally um kind of like how piebald turned into more of like a classic rock influence yes hot rod circuit was to me always like doing the same thing yeah um Warmth of the Sand by Dashboard Confessional, number three. I don't know that. No, song. I don't either. It's fucking crazy that he's like bigger than Jesus at this point, and yeah. he's just appearing on a Vagrant Records comp, and still quite popular today. So we'll get we'll circle back to Heaven at number four because I have a theory about okay. why why it's this song All right. in this spot, but um, pleasantly saying the most terrible things. By Monine, I don't know if you remember this record. I
1: vaguely remember Monine.
0: I saw Monine open two shows at the House of. I think both of them were at the House of Blues. Um, one of them might have been with Saves the Day right after In Reverie came out. Sure, but it was within like six weeks of each other. Monine Monine was like opening. They were the just sh- touring hard. Mm-hmm. And they were a Canadian band uh, that was definitely, like... This song comes from their Vagrant debut, and I don't think that they made another record for Vagrant. But the big the big thing with, like, my friend group, we all went to both of these shows. The lead singer kind of looked like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he had... I used to have, like like, long curly hair that was, like, super messy, and his hair was exactly like that, too um so we we ended up like hanging with them a little bit after the second set and Mm -hmm. i got like my picture taken with him because we just looked so similar wow um but not a bad band actually if if anybody is into that uh this era like if you don't know monine you might get something out of this uh when it isn't like it should be by Saves the Day. I'm already off the fucking I don't even know what song that is. Um Territorial Pissings and Nirvana cover by From Autumn to Ashes. Okay. So I think the drummer probably did the uh the Chris part at the beginning or Everybody come together. I've no idea. I've never listened to From Autumn to Ashes. Um, I know who they were, but I never you- I saw them open for Alkaline Trio one night and Everybody that I went with loved them. I hated them. I hated them. And it was a pretty funny experience because everybody wanted to talk about the fact that the drummer sang, but also was like crazy and played like double kick. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, can that not be the reason why this is good? Yeah. And I, I don't think anybody ever got past that with me. Um So you can all see that I was a real joy to hang out with back then. Quite clearly. (laughs) Um, Daylights by Seconds to Go. No idea. Uh, We got a No Motive track. I think No Motive only existed on Vagrant Comps. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hey Mercedes roulette systems at number 10. Buried. Yeah. Buried. That band never had any luck. (laughs) new cavalry by audio learning center nope um i hear they were a big influence on stereo lab Mm, yes (laughs) um and here's here's the here's the funny paul westerberg placement because right before him uh from california by the new amsterdams right after him like a man possessed by the get up kids you know priors in there being like Mm. hey put me put me around the yeah, Westberg yeah, yeah. songs. He's gonna have to hear them, right? He's gonna right, right. Jesus. Remember when Paul Westerberg was on Vagrant and nobody cared? Yeah. Yeah, nobody did. And I honestly
1: hot take. I think Paul Westerberg
0: puts out a record next week. Most people don't care. That's actually probably true. So mm hmm Yeah. It's um his his solo material really just has a ceiling. Mm-hmm. It absolutely has this. it's all great songs, but um, it's, yeah, great songs on paper. That's kind of it.
1: Yeah, it's like, how many of these do we need? Yeah, uh, Flight of the Hobo by Rocket from the Crypt. Do you ever
0: get into Rocket from the Crypt?
1: Yeah. They have a couple records I think are good. I never caught them when they were initially active and apparently were like a top tier live band, but I think Scream Dracula Scream, Dracula Scream is good, and then "Uh Group Sounds, which I think was the record from like o two o three they did on vagrant mm-hmm. it was really lonely too that i
0: would tell anyone to go out of their way for um so here's my theory heaven is a live recording not a particularly good live recording yeah and it's on this comp and there's a part of me that thinks they not saying fuck you to Vagrant, but they're not going out of their way to like deliver the goods yeah. for Vagrant at this time, following Good Morning. Yeah,
1: I would agree with that. I know there was a lot of acrimony with them and Vagrant, as we've discussed many, 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 many episodes ago. Um, So it wouldn't shock me mm. uh, that they were just kind of like, eh, here's this. Like, all those other ones sound like actual songs that bands contributed. Whether or not they're exclusives or not, I can't speak to it. Mm -hmm. But um, it definitely seems like they were
0: putting in the least effort of anybody. And I love that it's in the fourth position. So it's like Vagrant is definitely placing an order of importance in the way they sequence these things. Mm -hmm. And it's it says a lot that they want Alkaline Trio up in the number four slot on here and i think it says a lot about what alkaline trio thinks of their label at that time that they're just like eh, here's this like honestly it could be an audience recording of yeah. this song um but why is this a perfect cover it's just a punk cover that it doesn't, it doesn't mess with it in any way. It just plays it with a little distortion. It doesn't speed it up. It just plays a song that is so simple, mm-hmm. w- just with sort of the same dynamic presence, but just with guitars. Yeah. Just distorted guitars. And that's it. There's four chords in the song.
1: Yeah, there's not much there. Um, I will say, like, one of the things that I... Is, is I can I can't even really call it a choice given just what the nature of it is but like the kind of like noisy way Matt plays the intro mm-hmm. I think is really nice yeah. and not too heavy-handed I think the only thing I generally don't like about the cover is the palm muted verses Mm -hmm. feels a little too chuggy for what the rest of it is, but I also don't know what else he would do. Yeah, totally. So it is kind of like a, you know, if this was more pro-recorded, it would probably just be a clean guitar thing happening there. Mm -hmm.
0: Or like maybe a little bit more muted in in terms of the palm muting because this is like a live thing. He doesn't have, I think, as much like dynamic control as he might yeah want to put on it in a studio version yeah of this or it's
1: like very good and for that setting but Mm -hmm. you know
0: that's that's really my only complaint yeah i really just love that like the lead to this song is just four notes Mm -hmm. and it's just like the song's in c so if you were to like hold if you were to like like form a c chord on a guitar it's just the E, B, G, B, E. Mm. It's just that arpeggio. You just hold the fucking mm. first fret on the B and then the second time around, like, you hit the like uh you hit the third fret on the high E. That's mm-hmm. the only that's the only difference. It's a fucking beautiful lead and it's just it's so simple, it's so perfect. Yeah. Um th- I, this is a song that I can't like I can't like explain really fully the affection that I have for it. (laughs) The fact that I just want to cry every time I hear Mm -hmm. it. Um, It's sort of this, like it's such an ambiguous lyric throughout, you know, the, the idea that (laughs) then is the whole of the heart. Um, I love that it leads with that chorus and All of the images in the verse to me just hit in this like, I don't know. It's this super specific sense that, you you know, there's too many kings want to hold you down. There's a hole in the sky where the sun don't shine. Like all of these like really specific Mm -hmm. things that are never extrapolated upon. You feel like you understand exactly what he means, but... The language, and I think just the sentiment that comes through both the music and the way that it's sung, it just seems to say so much more than it is. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's like every word like means so much. There's this line that, um, like when I interviewed Steve Albini, mm-hmm. my, like one of my favorite things that he said was talking about Jason Molina, how he had this way of making words feel like they meant so much more than they actually did. Sure. And to me, like, just every every line on this song just seems to say something profound that I feel every single time. Mm-hmm. So you heard
1: a cover of it originally and then got heard the actual version and mm-hmm. then heard this version correct. Yeah. Yep. So what were your expectations going into listening to this for the first
0: time? Um I think that I kind of just um like did you think they were going to do it well? I did. I thought that they would do it better than face to face. And the the reason that I don't like the face to face version is that they just they Try to take some of the like tonal qualities of the of the original recording, which is super '80s, so Mm -hmm. it's very reverby, yeah, very like digitized. And he just like adds a little bit of that onto the vocals, but the guitars are just like super, like I don't know, they're just they're not. They're, like, dialed in in, like, a kind of lame studio way. You know what I mean? Sure. Where it's, like, it's just, like, whatever you're looking for, you just did it, but you did it, like, two degrees more than you wanted to. So there's – I think with the face-to-face version, it just tries to, like, expand upon, like, the profundity of this song. Okay. And – You don't really need that. It's all there. Mm -hmm. And this one, it's to me, it's just Matt's voice singing these songs with a background that it doesn't try to do anything more than it needs to.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that is, um, you know, kind of always the delicate dance with covers, especially of the Silk, but they aren't trying to. Overplay the song itself. They're just trying to play the song. Mm-hmm. I think they do it very well, and I think his vocals fit really nicely on top of it, um, and I think match the general aura of the thing. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think they really.
0: This doesn't sound like when they would put too much thought into it. They just Kind of, they just played it. Yeah, and I think that I think <sighs> that what really puts it over the edge for me is that this is my favorite era of Matt vocally sure and I don't think another era of it would work as well as it does right in that no it's so kind of raw Mm -hmm. and uh gritty one of my it's it's my favorite lyric in the songs my favorite like lyric if I if I had a an entire like piece of paper and I could only just add uh all of my favorites onto it it would go on this page but it's uh I'm standing on ice when I say that I don't hear planes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck that means. Yeah, but it's it's unbelievable, and it's like it, the song like, does so much to work for all of those moments where you have something that is being stated that doesn't explain itself, but you know, you understand all of the weight. I don't know what the fuck. He's where he pulled that from. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. No. It's just, it's just a fucking thing that exists. And I, I feel like life is better for it. I'm sorry. I know that that sounds so lame, but it is one of my favorite songs of all time. So what do you rate it? Five out of five. I give it a four out of five. Yeah. Um, I don't think it can be overstated the fact that the Psychedelic Furs are kind of one of the low key most influential bands on a lot of our favorite bands. There's a reason that Jawbreaker covered this band. Mm-hmm. You look back at the way Blake sings. Yeah. And the way Homeboy from the Psychedelic Furs sings. It's straight he's straight up aping that. Mm-hmm. And I think that they I think that they represent like a sort of like They're a band that never really go like too goth. They never really go like too like uh, like John Hughes. Like they're not they're not too much like the Smiths. They're not really. They're just there. And I think that there are like just ten perfect psychedelic first songs. And to me, this is the most perfect. So thanks for let me talk so much this week someone's got to david um and thank you all for for indulging and for continuing to indulge that's what we're doing in general oh yeah just baby talking about this band that we like and we appreciate the fact that you come back every week to listen to us we invite you to subscribe to the podcast on your chosen podcast player rate it write a review we are on patreon patreon.com slash as you were we invite you to go and check out what we got over there in exchange for a few bucks a month to help us continue to keep the show going and to can you continue to do it ad free special plug this week for road to the skeleton coast my new podcast with brian and kelly uh, please give it a listen and tell all your friends about how much you like it, how much you like me, really, but you like David too, and that's why I said when I came up with this idea that we gotta do this podcast because I knew that there were a couple of people that like listening to David talk Maybe I needed another place to talk more and more and more and more So, um, and now you have
1: another one another one Road to the Dome Skeleton over there on iTunes the skeleton doom thanks for